Hey guys, this is Lindsay Schnorr. Welcome to my podcast, Known to be Known. I want to inspire you to wonder and question and think for yourself rather than tell you what to think as we go on a journey to get to know God. I'd like to suggest that God's desire was never to get you to heaven, but to get heaven through you, and that he actually gave us this answer to what eternal life looks like in John 17, 3, saying that eternal life is this, that we would know God as the one true God and Jesus Christ whom he sent. You see, he gave us an end game and a timeline, relationship forever. I believe that as we get to know him, he's made known through our lives and evangelism, you know, sharing the gospel, actually looks and sounds a lot like you and your life. You ready for an adventure? Let's go. Hello, podcast world. It is a good day. You guys ready for a really wild conversation? <laughs> this one, this one's going to be one that I might lose some of you. And, and I don't mean like forever. I just mean that this was the last thing that I thought was going to be popping up on my radar. You couldn't guess if you tried. But we're going to go there because I find it really, really interesting. You know what we're going to talk about today? We're going to talk about circumcision. Yeah, you heard me. Had no idea I'd be hanging out on this. Um, I will take a little bit of a segue quick to remind you that if if there's ever a opportunity to want a more deep dive with me on some of the things we talk about on this podcast, you can also follow my blog at knowntobeknown.com. It is that number two, little lowercase b, and you can subscribe to the blog and have a whole lot more information that goes kind of deeper than the time that we have here. So that is something you can do with this particular subject. But I'm just interested in this conversation starter. So here is what I have found. I have been deep diving in Galatians since March earlier this year. And coming up on the end, I'm at uh, chapter five. And to give you kind of like a quick summarize what's going on in Galatians, if you're not aware of it, uh, Paul had been preaching the gospel to a group of people in Galatia, had established a church of believers. The first reason he even got to Galatia in the first place is he was sick. So he stopped their interim to a different destination and took the opportunity while he was recovering to talk about Jesus and bring these people into faith. Um, when he left, found out that a part of the Jewish church had come in and tried to persuade these new believers back into the tradition and religion of the Jewish church, including circumcision. And he basically appeals to them throughout the course of this letter, telling them that no, grace is something that you get from Jesus and what he did on the cross, and then trying to qualify it then by stepping back into the old law actually nullifies everything that you stepped into by faith in the first place. That is a huge crash course on Galatians, but that's kind of where we're at right now as I start this conversation. Okay, so chapter five, Paul starts out with saying, listen, I'm saying to you that if you accept circumcision— Christ is going to be of no advantage to you. I went on to try to do a blog from verse 2 to 15 and could not get off 
Paul making like this huge appeal. Like you can almost hear it in his voice that he's so bewildered at this point. He's like, listen, I'm just telling you, if you do this, it's a bad choice. And I was like, okay, but in the United States, we all circumcise our kids. Is there anything in that weighing on my heart right now that is worth actually researching? Okay, so listen, this this just gets wild. Okay. I'm going to let you know this particular article's website in case you don't go to the blog. It is matthewtontones.com. So Matthew, T-O-N-T-O-N-O-Z.com. Of all the different articles that I found online, his was the most in-depth and cited with just uh, like the CDC guidelines, the AAP Um, which is the Academy of Pediatrics. He had the most cited evidence as well as different medically um, pursued testing and and, and whatnot. Like this, I'm just mind blown right now, even reading it as I'm on this recording with you guys. So I don't know how many of y'all know this out in the world, And I'll be the first one to say, as a U.S. citizen, man, we can get very egocentric. We're the only nation that actually really supports circumcision. Ever. (laughs) It's absolutely bananas to me. And where circumcision ever became a part of, uh, quote unquote, normal, medical practice in the United States was based on one dude that decided it might start curing things like epilepsy and cancer and paralysis. (laughs) It's kind of like mind boggling. Like I'm, my mind can't even, I'm just like, I'm bananas. That's all I can say. I was completely unaware that the United States was legitimately the only country in the known world that is such highly high proponents of this practice. And even in that, there is quite a conglomeration of states that don't even cover circumcision anymore because they find it to be bogus and that there actually isn't any identifiable scientific research done to say that it's worth doing. The often cited testing was done in some African nations that do show reduced um, transmission of, I believe it is HPV and some forms of cancer, but the cultural delineation of where these particular scientific testing was being done don't actually translate to the rest of the world. So what I'm saying is something I even thought was common that you wouldn't even question as a parent when you have a a male child is actually something that a ton of people don't support because there isn't medical information to say it's beneficial. Okay, so here's where my mind starts spinning. I'm like, okay, Lord, so... Paul says, absolutely don't do this. You don't know what you're stepping into. And I know because Jesus said in John 10.10 that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus has come for life in abundance. I also know that the Lord gave us free will so that we could choose him and make choices. Like Paul actually goes into Galatians right before this saying it was for freedom's sake that Christ set us free. Part of freedom is being able to make choices. 
my understanding in that, which is extremely limited, I'm, I'm complete aware that God is higher than our ways, higher than our understanding, and yet... Part of the freedom of having choices is that there are ramifications to the choices that we make on this earth that God does not actually cause or allow certain fallout, but because we are given free will and free choice, there is an infrastructure then that allows the fallout or or fall up, if you want a word for increase, that, that supports what happens when we make those choices. So if you're hearing me, I don't actually think God causes everything. I think he uses everything, but I think the way that the world has been set up is that there is just a natural, um, what's the word I'm looking for, sequence that takes place with everything we do, cause and effect, right? There, there are laws. There are laws to the way this world has been created and set up. God makes order out of chaos. So so having that all as like a foundational understanding, is it possible then that when this gentleman decided to repackage and reintroduce circumcision, that we blindly started agreeing with something that God never asked us to step back into? Is it possible? Circumcision is not a a medical breakthrough. Circumcision was a covenantal, uh, like prophetic symbol that God gave in the Old Testament that then he eradicated when he grafted in the Gentile church into the Jewish church. I am not for replacement theory, but I'm just saying that circumcision was removed from the table. And if God removed it from the table, why would man choose to reinstate it? I'm suggesting it is possible that we have a real enemy that could potentially repackage and reinstate something to get people to accept and step into a a, a covenantal thing that doesn't exist anymore that would potentially cause separation. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. It's quite interesting, right? I will also say in this in this conversation right now, I don't get freaked out about it. Like, I don't think that God's like, oh my gosh, all you millions of people now that circumcised your kids, how dare you? I mean, Jesus himself hung on the cross and said, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they're doing. There is an element to to all the things as they are uncovered that I don't think that God is holding anything over us, but there might be an additional dimension of freedom that we can step into and retake something that was stolen from us. That's real. That's biblical. I mean, Old Testament, the ark would get stolen and then reinstated. And where the ark would be reinstated, glory is reinstated, right? I think it's possible that circumcision is something worth conversation to say, should we get rid of this? Is it actually not something we were ever supposed to step back into? And isn't an attempt of the enemy 
to, to appeal to us in a way that it becomes so normal that, that we just say yes to something that we don't actually know what we're pairing with anymore. Are there other examples of this, Lindsay? Yeah, I would say look at look at media right now. We had an entire conversation about Halloween. If you make something common that shouldn't be normal in the kingdom, it appeals to people to say yes to it and make an agreement with it because it is common. The United States has made circumcision common. Does it make it right? No, I don't think so. Is it possible that where we were warned by Paul through his letter to the Galatians, that it is really something that, like he said, I, Paul, am just telling you, do not do this. Don't do this. Is it possible that we have an opportunity to regain something that was stolen from us by repenting and saying, Lord, we didn't know what we were doing We actually sold into something completely blindly that you told us not to do. And in the repentance of that, can we be reinstated? Can we be reinstated to whatever that particular thing tried to separate us from? That's a rhetorical question. God says yes. But repentance is necessary. Not because he's withholding anything, but because he allows us to make choices. And if our choices don't align with his will in way, we're given the opportunity to repent in order to be realigned. Do you hear the difference? This is crazy, isn't it? Except I'm getting excited. So I feel like it is a conversation worth having. Lord, is it possible that we come into repentance and actually get rid of a practice that was potentially, potentially an arrow of the enemy. I'm just saying, I know a bunch of you are going to say, this is a crazy conversation. I think you're nuts. It's totally common. Yeah, until you go research it and realize it's not. And if it's not common in the rest of the world, but it is common in the United States, and you have any idea of the history of the prophetic nature of what the United States actually represents for the rest of the world, it is quite interesting to me that then it fits that same narrative that what God did through the United States to make available for freedom to the rest of the world, wouldn't the enemy find subservient ways to come in and try to control that freedom? I would suggest yes. I would suggest, again, it's worth being aware of. Okay, so so what do we do then if this is actually accurate? Well, I say we repent. I mean, I'm going to tell you right now, that's going to be a super awkward conversation with my husband and my son, right? To say, Lord, we repent, restore, restore what we removed, Restore it. It makes me laugh even more that I've I've lived enough life. And y'all, I know I'm not even 40 yet. I'm 39. I'm on I'm on the like the last what? I think I got eight months. The eight months before I reached that awesome age. 
But this last eight months of just being aware of, especially the offensive, especially the places where we say, you're crazy to think that, especially those places that you wouldn't touch because they feel uncomfortable and weird, those are the hidden spots where I believe the quote unquote crowns and mantles and anointings that have been forgotten or stolen are available for us to be aware of and retake them reinstate things, receive a greater dimension of intimacy and connection. It is impossible to be separated from the love of God, but it is possible to increase in fullness of relationship with him. I want to say that again. It is impossible to be removed from the love of God, from the presence of Jesus Christ himself. As a believer, it's impossible. But he says that we have eternity to increase in relationship with him, in power, in certain aspects, that if that is true, then while we are on earth, there is an active attempt to keep us from stepping into the increase of those areas. And if there are places for us to find territory, then it is also our place to take that territory back. And I'm suggesting this morning, circumcision is one of those places. I think it is. I didn't, I didn't even know that there were organizations that were advocating to get rid of this because it's inhumane, it's silly, there's no scientific background to support it. Yeah, there are some controlled studies that say that STDs and whatnot were being controlled in in African tribes, and yet when that same, I'm going back to the same study I was citing at the beginning of this podcast, when those same studies are then like inset within American culture, we actually have a higher rate and incident of STDs to begin with, whether you're circumcised or not. Wouldn't it also be an attempt of the enemy to say, oh, hey, You guys can have a lot more sex if you just get circumcised. All of it is convoluted and connected and absolutely fascinating to me. Fascinating. There's also a book that is Circumcision, A History of the World's Most Controversial Surgery. (laughs) Guys, did, did any of us know this was controversial? I want to know if Joe Rogan's done a podcast on circumcision. This is absolutely mind-blowing to me. It's, it's absolutely mind-blowing to me that we, we step into cultural norms. I mean, look at what we came out of the pandemic. It's not crazy to step out of just two, three years ago of when someone says, this is common, this is what we do, this is what is clean, that the entire proverbial lemmings of the human race start just following one another without actually going back in and studying why we're there in the first place. If we've watched that happen time and time again with bizarre human behavior in the last three years, what's to say there's not other things in our history that we've just accepted as culturally normal that actually are not supposed to be? 
that don't have any scientific background to support it, that don't even have any social background to support it. We've just been yes-men because that's been a part of, of the practice. On a, on a macro level, it's interesting to be aware of the things in life that we've all just taken as, as normal, that maybe at this day and age, at such a time as this, we're given the opportunity to start questioning things. And isn't it interesting that those of us that are willing to question things are the very people that are getting pushback from because it doesn't follow the narrative. Well, I'm telling you, and I've said this over and over again, we're in a new narrative, people. That should be very exciting because God's narrative is one of freedom. God's narrative is one of empowerment. God's narrative is one of identity. God's narrative is one of authority. And all of those things have places and spaces hidden in things and circumstances that the enemy has attempted to steal, kill, or destroy. And is it worth it for us to be the kings that seek out the things that God says are not hidden from us, but they are hidden for us? Interesting conversation, right? I would love to know your thoughts. I'm aware of that Spotify actually gives you the opportunity to be interactive, but watching the demographic, and I thank you so much for however you've been listening and tuning into this podcast, I'm aware of that a lot of you go through Apple or Google or Comcast or other areas that don't actually give you a form to discuss things. I've set up an email that is, um, it's Gmail, sorry, bear with me as this ministry grows, grows, that you can go to, you can send me an email, sorry, not go to it, known to be known at gmail.com. Again, number two, lowercase b. I want to know what people think about this. I think this is a fascinating conversation. And who knew you were going to start your day wherever you're at talking about removing foreskin? Have a great day. Thank you for listening today. I hope you have found places in your thinking or belief systems that have been encouraged, challenged, or my hope, quite frankly, introduced to completely new concepts. You want to stay connected? Visit me at my website at known to be known. That's the number two and a little b dot com. You can go there to be a part of the blog or to submit to be a member so that when new podcasts and new blogs are released, you're the first to know about it. Can't wait to see you next time.